This is the 102nd episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Berthold. With me, as always, my dear co-hosts Robinson Sien and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the TopTech app. In this episode, we are going short and sweet with a report from Legacy Paper Play from the most recent Thursday down at our local game store Alpha Spiel here in Stockholm. I did not attend as I was on a business trip to Paris where I got mega scammed on the hotel but otherwise had a very productive stay. <laughs> Robert and Christopher represented us very well though so let's go round by round here Robin what did you bring to the tables and how was your round one hold up hold up hold up you were scammed at a vacation <laughs> this sounds like the last episodes and it just food it, it proves that my lands were correct <laughs> it, it was a business trip still though I was scammed at the LGS too, but we will come to that in round two. I brought Punishing Deck, the Strifer Pile. That is like the thing that I'm trying out right now. It's uh, getting a little bit more streamlined, I think. It's uh, a few cards off from Strifo's 75 latest version that I know of. And it's feeling really good. Christopher, what's your deck? I decided to play uh, 80 card Alluren again. But this time around, I actually didn't manage to borrow Delighted Halflings or the fourth Teferi. Mm. So I just squeezed in a Grist in the main deck because I, I love Grist and I have Green Sun Zenith. And I played four Noble Hierarchs, which are not Delighted Halflings. <laughs> yeah, we, we might get to that too. All right then. So round one, Robin. Wow. How did you do? Round one, I am up against what I call Jeskai Rohirrim. That is like a Jeskai deck that tries to win with fourth Eorling yes in the end. In game one we trade a lot of resources and he has his own deck. Oh wow. Which I feel that I need to yeah that I feel that I need to trophy. But uh, at some point he plays the one ring. I have saved the deck of my own in my hand. So I get to play it, I get to steal it, and Oof. it was glorious. <laughs> then we sideboard for game two, and we have this fight over a Narset, because obviously it's good in the control mirror, and he wins. It feels like I'm in a lot of trouble, so I go to my draw step, and I rip the Minsk and boo. Oof. Play the placewalker, attack the Narset to uh, make all the card draw live again, and from there on I succeed to win Pretty fast, actually, control mirror with two swift victories. Yeah, pretty unexpected. And uh, I have one question. When you stole the, the one ring with Dak, do you picture yourself as Gollum or Bilbo? I picture myself as Boromir. <laughs> yeah, Dak is a Boromir type of character. No? I was thinking, though, that he's but like... But Boromir didn't succeed. <laughs> he didn't actually steal the ring. He just tried Isn't to. Isn't Dak actually right, more right, of an Isildur right. type? Yeah. The same kind of hair. <laughs> Obviously. Wow. So, Christopher, what about your round one with your noble hierarchs? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm up against a very good friend of mine who's on lands, and he's been grinding sphere lands with the white splash for quite some time now. And, you know, lands is 
usually somewhat of a buy but uh, the spheres really changes that because now you can't just play fetches at them fetch four times and kill them it's a bit more complicated these were really grindy games like uh, game one we grind a bit until i can just allure him out and in game two you know i managed to kill some of his constructs but eventually he finds the line make merit lage and equip shadow spear and you know it's just lights out even if you have blockers at this point we are maybe 42 minutes in of a 45 oh, wow. minute round but we <laughs> actually have a super dramatic game for game free where i'm one land away in turn four he gets a lot of things into the battlefield he has a turn where he needs to exactly threaten the combo and put tabernacle into play and naturally without loaming he has both of those and exploration in play so i'm actually exactly at one point one mana away from just playing an alluren that i have in my hand and i don't rip it in turn four of time so i just pass the turn just sit there, pray to God. He makes Marit, untaps, swings with it. I fetch and brainstorm, and I'm pretty much like Quattle or Swords to Plowshares or Bust. And I find, I, I only played a one of Quattle too, but I find a Swords to Plowshares. So we go to time. So a 1 1. All right. And for game two, I am up against Grixis Scam. I think this is based on like the Grixis Delver deck, but no Delvers and a small scam package with reanimates and trolls. No discard that I saw. I thought it was Delver all the time. I didn't really <laughs> realize there were reanimates <laughs> there. <laughs> I don't really have anything for him to reanimate. Or maybe a Bowmasters anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty lackluster reanimate target, I would say. Yeah, and like the, the Uro only... This like, is from the expert. The Uro only jumps back into the graveyard. So. Well, in, uh, in the first game... I pretty much have the things that you need. I have removal. I think I also have a punishing fire running, if I remember correctly. And eventually I can just play an Uro from the grave. And I think I turn the tables somewhere at five or six life and then start gaining life again. And uh, yeah, pretty hard for the main deck of Delver to fight through that. Uh, they need to be racing. In the second game, that's exactly what he does. He's on the play, obviously. He gets me low. I think he dazes the front side Uro to like keep me off life gain. And then he can finish me off with bolts when I'm low enough. And then in the third game, I have a turn one carpet, which puts me ahead. I have all the removal that I need and I... If I remember correctly, I win with an Uru. Maybe I keep in one of the Minsk and Boos that also get to close out the game. Two against one against Grixis Scam. It seemed pretty straightforward. Is the Red Splash like DRCs and Bolts? Or yeah. it's pretty straightforward. Then maybe also Meltdowns and good stuff in the sideboard. Yeah, that makes yeah sense. Probably, I think probably. so. My second round opponent was playing Blue-White Staff. Because lo and behold, I'm in the draw bracket. <laughs> <laughs> is it true are you sure game one yeah like yeah, i i felt the draw bracket in game one is just extremely grindy <laughs> and i find way too few creatures to do anything meaningful while my opponent is having the time of their life with narset and tefiri and stuff like that and they just dig for so many answers while i'm sitting there like not able to dig for any of mine so eventually i realized that maybe i should just concede and go into the next game so i do that and game two i go very hard on value early 
before I see any narsets and stuff like that. And uh, I managed to get into a position where I just have too many things going on at once. And I managed to squeeze and learn into play. I think maybe I even had a Teferi in play. So it was like just impossible to interact with. There's a theme here, just like the round before. We start game free with uh, around two to three minutes on the clock. <laughs> and uh, this can definitely happen, you know, when you're playing two really grindy decks against each other. I'm the only person who can, b- between us, who can actually finish the game in that time. With my opponent being on high alert that uh, I can only lose. They just play super defensively and they don't manage to lose in that time. They they hold the fort really well and I just go jamming, but uh, to no avail. So I'm 0-0-2. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so bad. And there's like no breaks for you to sort of like get yourself some food, have a beer. Go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> back-to-back time games. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. Okay, well, then. on to round three, Robin. Uh, where does that find you? All right, so in the third round, I'm up against Storm Deck. I shall call this Besiege the Epic Storm or Tess, Besiege Tess. So basically, it's Besiege the Mirror is the main tutor, and you have a few tutor targets, and there's no, uh, like, there's not a lot of Galvanic Relays, and there is no Minds Desires in this list, so it's pretty much streamlined towards a quick graveyard route, or a quick Song of Creation route, which is like the main, and, and then you can only just go like natural besiege into besiege into besiege also for the win. And I know that I'm up against Storm. I keep a hand with a double foe, nothing else. <laughs> in, in like this, this deck doesn't have like a, a fast clock or anything like that. But I keep a double foe, and I manage to rip a third foe. And he thought seizes me, so well he sees played. that I'm well protected. This gives me a little bit of time. Where I can start bully him with trophies on artifacts and backstealing things and that kind of stuff. And then eventually I dump an Uro into the grave with Dak and play it. Now I have a clock that I follow up with a Minskenbu. So eventually he has to do something and he goes for non-lethal tendrils to buy a little bit of time and life. It's always rough, man, but you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't really do it, and uh, I, I I jump over the finish line with the Minskan Boo. Then in the second game, I don't really remember exactly what happens, but I, he just punches through my defenses. Well, it will happen with Storm, I guess. I mean, yes, of course, they are they are prepared to deal with blue decks. <laughs> Sometimes double fob is not enough, triple fob is not enough either. And then in the final game, interestingly, he goes off with a besiege into besiege into besiege line, and he's veil protected and goes all the way with tendrils on the stack and I have mind break trap. Oof. So I get to steal <laughs> steal the game that was like very well protected and I think only like trying to find a thoughtsies somewhere in the mix would have saved him there. It, it's really hard to play around, I guess, with a storm deck. Pretty nice having the mind break trap in a blue deck. It's usually not expected, but I think like if you play a deck with such a bad clock, there's plenty of counter magic in the deck, but it's not really suited to win against a storm deck. I think you need that kind of sideboard cards. And uh, yeah, mind break trap doing mind break trap things basically yeah i really believe in you know when you're playing a slow deck having those uh, free haymaker cards that isn't necessarily like a force of negation 
something that's a quite different angle is really strong. I actually got blown out by Painter in the last league that we had. Uh, when I comboed off with Allure and I was like, yeah, I'm covered. And then he just mind break trapped my Acerorak and I was like, Whoa. holy shit. <laughs> Boo. There's my win con. <laughs> it was so bad. It's It's very good. So yeah, for my round three, I'm up against the blue-black shadow in game one. So this is the thing. I'm, uh, you know, I might be mixing game one or game two together, but the TLDR for these games are in one game, my opponent bowmasters me and me being a brave boy decides to put a Leovold into play. And then I just had my sweet build your own Yogmoth's bargain situation nice. where I decided to, you know, let him ping me a bunch and I just start drawing cards mm. and he got nervous. So eventually he pinged himself to stop <laughs> my Leovold. Those cards drew me into Swords to Plowshares to solve the situation, Force of Will and, you know, all of these cards. So I won that game. Wow, that's so cool. I love this interaction. You know, whenever they star- stop, uh, like start pinging Leovold, Leovold has a May trigger, so you'll actually never kill it with Bowmaster. Yeah. Because if I if it wasn't May, I'd just be straight up dead. <laughs> They'd just course, go face. Course. And uh, one game, I, I you know, sometimes you play against Shadow and you just get mega shadowed. And that was the other game. I was just sitting there like, man, my opponent has everything. But also, they're playing tight. This is bad. They're not making any obvious mistakes. So yeah, that, that can definitely happen. Well, that, that's how I feel in 96% of uh, games with reanimator against scam shadow they always have everything it's so weird like yeah for sure but game three this is a very like weird game my opponent keeps a seven and i also keep a seven and their hand is just packed with interaction so they actually don't have a single threat Mm -hmm. and you know they rip my heart and my my hand open and uh, i'm sitting there like i have a dryad arbor and a fetch so i i just go you know here's here's a dryad arbor on turn one i'm sitting there scared to death of a bowmaster i'm scared of a wasteland of snuff out anything but i get to untap with it which means that i fortunately also get to play the abundant growth on my on on the land that i fetch and from there my mana was pretty solid i think he has to force a uh, carpet of flowers that i put on the stack too because it gets bad really quick against the yorian deck especially if they're like a cnif deck or a learn deck uh, allowing your opponent to get that much mana to just freely pick up yorian freely escape uro and stuff like that like that it gets out of hand really quick eventually like my opponent I, i'm i'm not sure maybe they played one fret the whole game i you know i'm living my best life i'm uh, looking at my uro in play and uh, yeah eventually it's over so yeah one oh and two <laughs> undefeated both of you into round four hell yeah <laughs> two different types of undefeated though robin yeah, so in the final round, I'm up against another Storm deck. And this is what I would like to call like the Trinity Tess. It's like 
like the deck that was being tested a lot before Besiege was printed. So it runs three Galvanic Relays and three Echo of Eons and three Minds Desires and then like the fourth of each of the, those cards in the sideboard for the Wishes. So this one is, I think they are pretty different in playstyle because like this deck is so dangerous with the natural storm kills. You have to fight, you might have to fight about the Rituals uh, much more than the Besiege deck where you can just like pin the tutor. In game one of course you have only like the forces and the stuff that you <laughs> like have in your main deck to fight through and it's pretty hard and we end up in this situation where he begins to storm off i have a force of will i don't want to build storm for him so i decide to let the mana go and i think he's up at seven storm when he plays his burning wish he have one card left in his hand. So I think that if I force the Burning Wish and he has a Veil of Summer, then I have built Storm for him to possibly kill me, right? Mm, right, right, right. So I let it go. Whoa. <laughs> and uh, he fetches up a Grape Shot from the sideboard and Grape Shots me. And then he had the Tendrils, natural in uh, as the final card so that was uh, super interesting (laughs) yeah but that was sort of like illusion of choice right because if you force you just get natural tendrils also right 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 i I could not do anything to win there but like i was thinking about what am i playing around and what is his final card it was it was really interesting main main deck mind break trap you heard it yeah here. that that's where we need to go <laughs> yep, 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 i yep. mean like main deck veil of summer is not completely out of the question i think at this meta <laughs> i agree i agree too game two I have uh, a lot of interaction i have boarded in veil of summer of course the main mind break trap one beb uh, that is blue elemental blast and two red elemental blasts and an all rod and yeah I have, I have some stuff and a little bit of graveyard hate as well. And since he is uh, more of an artifact deck, I also think I bring in Force of Vigor. So we trade a little bit of resources and at some point he's going off and I play Veil of Summer to protect myself for that turn. And that leads him to a relay to like build up Storm for the next turn. And that relay is pretty medium. And I can, when he when he tried to play it out the next turn, I think I can force his tutor. At that point, he's forced, uh, we go draw go a little bit. I don't really have a good clock on him. And he's forced to make a small mind's desire, which I think I can like reb one of the copies. So it, it doesn't get all that dangerous. And I also think that I managed to counter one Echo of Eons. So I, I, I just like draw into things and he, it doesn't really get there. And I sort of eke it out that way. And then in the final game, he's on the play and he goes all in for a Galvanic Relay through a tutor hand. So that is a little bit scary against the Force of Will deck, obviously. But if he manage to do it, he's on like eight new cards for the next turn and a lot of artifact man and all that. And uh, I have the trap in my hand. So I just <laughs> trap it and I win from there. That's all she wrote. Trap for the win. So pretty cool beating two storm decks sort of delver-esque deck and a jeskai deck and my first 4-0 with punishing deck of strife for pile hell yeah nice, yeah. nice. yeah that's super nice so christopher did you manage to stay undefeated on the evening so i was up against the red white initiative <laughs> in the last round mm. in game one my opponent has a pretty slow hand So while I'm sitting there just drawing cards and, you know, living a good life, 
I actually managed to squeeze in Grist before my opponent can land a creature. And if oh, you are... Yeah, I think I might have forced one thing and then put a Grist into play. So if you have played initiative you know that this is so bad i think i had one hierarchy in play and now an insect and grist so what are they gonna do play an initiative creature i'm just gonna let it resolve kill their thing and steal the initiative it gets really out of hand really fast we just play a bit and eventually i get to alert them and it's also it's so hard like not only is the grist such a major player in that board state but also just like them understanding that they need to solve my deck because they know what i'm on it's very tough so i get game one and in game two my opponent goes for a turn one archon (laughs) to start the game this is one of those really awkward games where i'm sitting with two duels and a fetch in my hand and you know they enter tapped but i'm thinking like i I have some time so i play a bayou great i play a a tundra tapped and i play abundant growth on it great and uh, my opponent managed to get a Magus into play. Not great. Yeah, yeah but like <laughs> uh, Abundant Growth is pretty good. Pretty great. So I actually managed to get like Noble Hierarchy into play and stuff like that. I get to Swords, the Plowshares, the Archon. And at this point, my opponent doesn't have any white mana. And I realized this. So their Magus, they're sitting with five cards in hand. And they're sitting with three lands in play and a Magus. So I'm thinking... This Magus is doing more heavy lifting for me right now. So I green sun for a Grist to start creating blockers. I get Yorion to my hand and I just slowly start grinding them to a pulp. We end up in a situation where I have so much action into play. I have a Leovold now, I have Endurance, and I'm starting to attack with a lot of things because they always, they, they attack my Grist every turn. But eventually I start attacking. And they solitude pitch solitude on Leovold. So I, no, on Endurance, I get to draw a card. And then I play Niambi, <laughs> that I forgot the name of last, uh, last episode. So I actually get to pick up my Endurance after I've drawn the card with uh, Leovold. And I still have a creature in play. My opponent is at this moment at five life. And I have a large board presence, and they have a Magus. I minus Grist, minus five. And what this does is it puts itself in the graveyard. So the ability also sees Grist as a creature in the graveyard. And I put them to one. And I have also got rid of the Magus. So their mana is unlocked. At this point, they're sitting at four lands. But two of them are ancient tombs. So <laughs> being at one life with two ancient tombs, it's it's not much better. So yeah, they scoop. So two, oh, and two. And, you know, uh, I'm still undefeated with Yurian Aluren. Last week it was like 301 and this is 202. I'm not hoping for the 103 next uh, next Thursday. <laughs> the trend surely points towards that direction. I, I really like the deck. And during the evening I got a Noble Hierarch, a Bowmastered. And that's when I really felt that the Halfling would have made a big difference. Also got a Teferi countered when I cast it with a Hierarch. That wouldn't have happened. But like this sounds like the grist was pretty decent inclusion right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna i'm gonna play four teferi but i'm probably gonna shave i'm playing three uro now i'm gonna shave one of the uros for grist because getting to green sun that bad boy was so strong 
I love Durst. It's so, such a good card in the right in the right shell. It it really really can shine a lot. I've been facing opposing Grists sort of not too distant back in time over this year, and it's fighting through it is just so difficult. Yeah, if if your game plan is creatures and your opponent gets a Grist down before you get a proper fret down, it's it's tough. And that, my friends, is almost all we have for this episode. Before we close out, I would like to remind everyone in Sweden and anyone else in the close vicinity that Swedish Legacy Masters is but a month away. 4th November in Borås at the Borås Gaming Convention is when this epic event will occur. All of us will be there, slinging cards and downing brews, looking very much forward to seeing all of you listeners who will attend. If you are going, Please do let us know in our Discord. We would love to organize some form of podcast meetup if anyone is interested. There is a link to the Discord in the episode description. And in addition to Discord, you can find us on X at STHLM Legacy. We have a side note here. We are looking into options, but as Legacy social media is still on X, we are there too currently. We are also still on X Personal Robin. Where can our listeners learn more about four owing things you can find me on twitter or x obviously i'm jacka underscore bow and you can find me at monolith mtg and that is the end of the 102nd episode of stockholm legacy report thank you robinson cn and christopher wikstrom i am victor bernhardt many thanks to you for listening the great mysterious friends has written our music you can find more of their work on spotify until our next episode draw go often leads to draw